if you have your Bibles and you can open them with me to the book of Luke chapter 2, please don't stand yet. We'll stand and we'll read in just a second. Um, I have asked the uh, ushers if they could do something for me. One of my favorite candies in the world, I have lots of favorite candies in the world, and uh, the more that I try, the more favorites I have. Um, But I love Jolly Ranchers. So um, the ushers, and this is going to be kind of awkward, but I'd like for all the ushers, they're going to come and they all have Jolly Ranchers, and you need to watch uh, Matthew, but... uh, um, and they're going to offer everyone a Jolly Rancher. Like, well, why are they offering everybody? They just are, okay? Um, if you'd like one, take one. If you don't want one, don't take one. If you're a child, put it in your pocket and ask your parents if you can need it later. If you're an adult, you can do whatever you want to with it, okay? Um, and while they're handing those out, I, I want to share just a, a couple blessings. So I told you this morning is better than, uh, tonight's better than this morning because Everyone gets a Jolly Rancher. That's, that's why it's a little better. Um, uh, no, um, I want to tell you, just to share with you some amazing things that God has been doing. Um, every year, uh, come April, uh, for the past three years now, uh, we have had um, what do we call the Men's Steak Bonanza. And uh, what it is, essentially, is it's a steak dinner. And uh, Jim came for the very first one. And uh, on our very first uh, Men's Steak Bonanza, we invited all the men from church, and the men invited all their co-workers and people that were with them and um, to come be part of that. Our first one, I believe we had about 25, 30 guys show up and had steaks for them all, big old giant KC strip steaks. They were delicious. It snowed a foot that day. So we were outside grilling in the snow. It was amazing. And Brother Jim was going, how, what in the world? Are people going to show up? And people were showing up. It was a blessing. Um, this past year, we had our, our men's steak bonanza, our men's steak meeting. We had about 50 guys show up. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm excited about That's exciting stuff. Um, one of our men, um, his name is Dan, uh, he invited a co-worker. And uh, he actually, he works at a car dealership. And he asked us to schedule the men's steak bonanza a little later in the afternoon after the car dealership had shut down because he had invited his co-workers. And being that we were using Dan's garage, we could do that. And... Um, we, uh, he invited a young man uh, whose name is Sam. Sam came. Sam heard a clear presentation of the gospel. Uh, uh, Brother Ben Moore was there. He, uh, he preached, gave a clear presentation of the gospel. And uh, after hearing a clear presentation of the gospel, Sam knew he needed to be saved, but he left. Um, the men in our church, um, we have a lot of um, snowmobile trails, and in the summertime, the snowmobile trails level out and turn into motorcycle trails, ATV trails, and things. And uh, the men in our church do a whole lot of riding of uh, ATVs, motorcycles, four-wheelers, that type of stuff. And um, Sam had a motorcycle. So the men in our church started inviting Sam to go with them when they'd go on rides, inviting them to be part of what was going on. And um, Dan continued to talk to his coworker Sam, continued to be a witness and continued to be a testimony there to Sam. Uh, one Wednesday night before missions conference, uh, Brother Keith Drinkard, I believe you all know him from there in Leewood, Kansas, uh, he was going to be preaching for us that night, and our children were going to be singing, the Patch children are going to be singing, and Dan's four-year-old daughter looked at Sam and said, Sam, I'm going to church, and we're going to sing tonight in church. Do you want to come hear me sing? Sam's about 23 years old, big beard, he's a goofy young man, and a great young man. Sam came that night, he heard the gospel. In the lobby, Brother Drinker had asked him, said, are you saved? He said, no, not yet. Well, why not? What are you waiting for? 
I have some stuff I want to keep doing. He came back the next night, heard the gospel again. He came back the next Wednesday, heard the gospel again. The church is praying for Sam. About a week, two weeks after he first he came to that service with the, uh, the kids' choir to hear Isla sing, I get a call from uh, Dan saying, Sam just walked into my office, and I'm in the middle of doing paperwork, and he asked me, I'm ready to get saved. I need to get saved. Is there any way that you can meet with us today? Because I want to make sure I answer any questions that he has. Well, no, I'm a little busy today. No, that's not what I said. I said, come on over. I said, do you have a lunch break? Yeah, I said, I'll, get, I'll provide lunch. And I went and got something to eat for us, and we sat down and uh, went through the plan of salvation. Sam bowed his head and called upon the Lord Jesus Christ to save him. First Sunday of this year, that was, uh, that was December. First Sunday of this year, I had the opportunity uh, to baptize Sam. Uh, he's followed the Lord and began doing discipleship. And um, last week, in the middle of the discipleship, or getting ready to do some things, um, Sam lost his grandfather. It's the first time he's lost anyone close to him. I simply say, this is a young Christian, a young man, who's excited about growing and following to serve the Lord. And he has a lot of distractions in his life, as a lot of young people do. Remember to pray for Sam. That's a praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Beginning in January, uh, we had a young couple come named uh, Hannah and Tommy. And um, Hannah and Tommy started coming. And uh, Hannah and Tommy O'Connor, they began to come. And um, they always sit on the left-hand side. And um, I would say they sit about the fourth row. The fourth row is our back row. So, um, yeah, you know, um, Brother Marshall, may rec- I may recommend that to him, to remove all the rows but the fourth row so that everybody has to sit in the front. That would be amazing. Um, and you get to know your church family better that way, too, because you're all next to each other. But um, they were sitting back on the, uh, the second or third row over on the left-hand side. And uh, while they're there, um, oh, I just started praying, God, open up opportunity for me to have a conversation with this young people, this young couple. And uh, come, to come, come to have some talking to them and conversations with them. They got married in June of last June. They just moved to Bemidji. And we sit down to have... Um, sat down to have breakfast with them, and as we're sitting there and having uh, morning breakfast and coffee and discussing things, um, Hannah grew up in a home, and uh, she was a, a good Catholic. She went to church, and she, her and her family, they went to church twice a month. Uh, they were there consistently and faithfully, and every holiday and everything going on. And um, Tommy grew up in a church that um, preached the gospel, but they believed a heresy that I'm starting to hate even more and more. Uh, a false doctrine and a heresy that God chooses some people to save and some people God doesn't want to save. Man. As a young man, he was rebelling and arguing against his parents. And the way he tells it, my church told my family that God could not save me. That I wasn't elect. And he ran away from home. He believed for years that God didn't want him. Hannah got, not Hannah, well she did, but Tommy and Hannah began to get into church and grow there in Duluth, Minnesota, and they got married and uh, they moved to Bemidji and they're still searching to figure out what was going on and how to do things. And Tommy's Tommy's mother began to do Bible studies with her over the phone. And God really worked a lot heart in the life of Tommy's family and parents. And, but that's a completely different story. But she began to do Bible studies with him. On January 13th, 
Hannah got saved. Tommy got assurance of his salvation. I sat down and as we're sitting there for breakfast, this is about two and a half weeks ago, I'm sitting there for breakfast having a conversation with Tommy and Hannah about what was going on and God has kind of laid on my heart, you need to uh, be encouraging and be helpful and be, be there for them and just try to get to know them and try to love them. I have a tendency sometimes with new people to treat them like a, a dog with a new chew toy. I'm just really, really excited and say, Let's, we want to get you into everything. And, and uh, when I'm sitting there having this conversation with them, um, oh, I said, well, I'm so glad you just got saved and everything was going on. I said, is there anything that you need? And what can, what, I'm excited about you coming. Do you have any questions about the church? And she just looked at me and she said, I think the next thing I need to do is be baptized. Is that something you guys, we can help to take care of at the church? And, uh, and we went through what baptism was and we talked about what it meant for her and her, what it meant for her and what it meant for her family and what it meant for her relationships. Um, growing up staunch Catholic, she knew her mom would not be in favor of everything and what was going on. And she's like, this is what God wants me to do. If you're willing to baptize, we want to do this. And I went through a complete explanation of everything that baptism is. And I looked to Tommy and I said, Tommy, I said, um, have you ever been baptized? And he said, I, I was baptized in a lake sometime whenever I was a teenager. I don't even know what I was doing out there. He said, I need to be baptized too because I wasn't identifying with Christ or with church or with anything. I was just doing it because it was an opportunity to get in the water. Can you baptize me too? Oh, praise the Lord. He wants to follow the Lord. And we have this young couple in their early 20s just starting out life. And they're wanting to start it, following and serving the Lord. That was Sunday I had the opportunity to baptize them. Oh, it was a blessing. It was a blessing. And the biggest blessing is we got to use our baptistry tank in our basement. So the whole church comes downstairs for baptisms. Part of that blessing is we don't have to cut a hole in the ice in Lake Bemidji or the Mississippi River and baptize there. Yeah. If that was the case, we would be trying to give somebody else the authority to baptize so I could watch. Um, but what a blessing. And it's been a blessing to see how God has provided and God has brought people and brought people that are searching. And I simply say, there are people that desire to know the Word of God and that want to know it and want to grow. They're out there in northern Minnesota. And I'm pretty sure they're here in St. Joe too, if we'll go talk to them about it. And uh, I just wanted to give a little bit of an update in regards to that. During the past few years and during the past year or so we hit and had COVID and with the COVID stuff hitting uh, Bemidji, um, there have been some people that have been really concerned with masks and things. And I praise the Lord that our church is just, well, we've continued to move forward. And if somebody chose to do something, we continued to be behind them and support them. And if they chose not to, we continue to be behind them and support them. Um, we're not going to split the church over a piece of material, just throwing it out there. But on that same note, I am so thankful for the spirit and the attitude of our people and of our church. And I'm excited about what God is doing. Now, you may say, well, wait a second. Aren't there troubles and difficulties and heartaches? There always are troubles, difficulties, and heartaches. But my God is good. <laughs> He's so good to us. And I'm thankful for that. Um, this morning, uh, this evening, I, I want to preach just a sermon that is an encouragement. It was an encouragement in my study encouragement in my going through and looking at this. And uh, I just want to challenge us tonight with this simple thought. Let's not miss the blessing that God has for us in being in the house of the Lord. 
Go ahead and open your Bibles if you're there in Luke chapter 2. I ask you to please stand with me if you're able to. In Luke chapter 22, we're standing in honoring, honor of the reading of the Word of God. In Luke chapter 2, uh, it's a very familiar passage because it's where the birth of Jesus Christ is and the announcement to the shepherds. And in verse 21, the story from the Christmas story, uh, it continues here in verse number 21. It says, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus. I just want to be, make sure we are aware of what goes on. Is When a child was born, they would actually wait to declare his name until eight days old, until the circumcision had taken place. Um, you can also see this in the naming of John the Baptist. He was eight days old whenever he was named and given the name John. Uh, so here, eight days old, he was given the name Jesus. If you remember, the angels had given him the name Jesus whenever the announcement came to Mary all the way back in chapter 1. So, I mean, this is... Yes, the name was officially given to him, but it was a name already that had been given to him. And it was a name that was given to him, well, a long time before Mary even came along. But we're going to move on. Verse 22. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of two turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. The same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child to do after him the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said, Unto Mary his mother, behold, this child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a word shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, of the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher, and she was a great age, and she lived with a husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about four, uh, four score and four years, about 85 years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake unto him of all that looked for redemption." In Jerusalem. Lord, I am once again thankful for your word and the opportunity to look at it and read it. I'm thankful for the opportunity, Lord, just to preach it and proclaim it. Please help, uh, help me to be clear today as we look at these, um, these three people. Lord, I pray that you will help us and uh, please speak and challenge us tonight. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for standing. Uh, you may be seated. I was carefully timing how long it would take my grandmother to make a walk all the way to the pulpit so that if I say anything mean to her, um, I have plenty of time to escape. Uh, my, my grandma Nicholson in the back, I'm thankful for her. Um, 
Anyway, we're uh, looking today at this idea and what took place here in the presentation of, of Jesus Christ in the temple, whenever they came to the temple. And um, we're going to look at just three different groups here this, this evening. And as we take a look at these three different groups, um, all three of them were blessed and encouraged because they chose to come to the house of the Lord. And there is a blessing whenever we choose to come to the house of the Lord. There's a blessing about being around God's people. There's an encouragement about being around and praising God together. Even just the singing before the service, there's a blessing to open up your mouth and to sing unto the Lord as a church. Like, well, I don't sing very well. It makes it even a bigger blessing you get to sing with other people because they can't hear you. Yeah, praise the Lord because you're not singing to other people. You're singing to the Lord anyways. Man, what an opportunity we have. So tonight we're going to look at these three people, and hopefully we can see ourselves in some of these people, and, well, we can rejoice in the blessing that God gives us. The first group I want to talk about is Mary and Joseph. They were faithful subjects to God, faithful servants of the Lord here. Um, In verse 22 through 24, Mary and Joseph, they were willing to obey the commands and follow the process of purification. I think this is just amazing in verse 22. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, was accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him unto the Lord. If there could be anybody who would have an excuse not to present their child to the Lord, it would be the one that's actually carrying the Lord. It's like, I'm presenting you to yourself. No, it was what was commanded to do, so they obeyed. I love that. They they were willing to present. They were willing to do what was done. They waited for the days of purification to be accomplished. From Leviticus chapter 12, we know that she waited uh, at least 41 days after the birth of Jesus Christ. And then she makes this trip to Jerusalem, the trip for purification. And as she comes into the temple, and we find later on in the passage that they were leaving Bethlehem, they came there, and then they made their journey on back to Nazareth. So from right here, what's amazing is this man stopped in the middle of his trip to make sure that they were going to church and doing what the Word of God told them to do. As a man who does not even like to stop for five minutes for my kids to go to the bathroom, you wonder why they're not with me? That's one of the reasons. As a man who doesn't like to stop for five minutes to let my kids go to the bathroom whenever we're driving down the road, dads know what I'm talking about. He was willing to put a hold on their travel plans because this was more important. Um... Sunday's the Lord's day, not a travel day, but we're moving on. This trip in the temple was for purification of Mary, according to the law. Jesus had already gone through the requirements of the law to be... So Jesus had gone through the requirements, he had been circumcised, and now this purification was for Mary. Now, we have to make sure we kind of see what's going on. It's pretty amazing. They were coming into the temple. She has the baby in her arms. And as she has the baby in her arms, Joseph is there, and he has the sacrifice in his arms. So he's messing with these birds, probably had them in something. But they're walking in, and as they're walking in, they're coming in to present the sacrifice. Okay, the sacrifice that they were presenting was two young turtle doves, two young pigeons, or a lamb and a pigeon or a turtle dove, depending on what their wealth was. As they were coming in, one would be an offering that would be offered, and um, one would be killed. So the animal that would be killed, the blood would be shed, And then the blood would actually atone for the mother and the sins. And also, it would be placed on this animal that would be released and sent out. That's Leviticus chapter 12. 
So they would, they would uh, anoint this other animal. So one would be set free and one would die, was what the, what the presentation was of. One set free and one dying. Now, we, catch, we understand the picture that she's painting here. As she's walking in, he is carrying this sacrifice, the picture, one being set free and one dying. In John chapter 1, verse number 28, John the Baptist would stand and proclaim, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Talking about this little baby that she is now walking into the temple holding. (laughs) They were picturing what Jesus would do 33 years later. Wow. Whether they, I don't believe Mary and Joseph completely understood it. But just wow. As they were coming in and doing their sacrifice, doing what they were supposed to do. They were presenting the sacrifice the way it was supposed to be presented. They were offering it. The one animal for the sin offering, the other who would take the sin of the impure and die. And the other um, was for the atonement, which would be let loose and be, be released. Oh man, um, they came because they wanted to be obedient to God's word. Little did they know that whenever they were coming to be a blessing, they were coming to be obedient, their obedience would be a blessing to someone had, who had seriously been seeking God. That's the next person we're introduced to, is a serious seeker. A serious seeker. Look at Simeon here. Simeon, verse 25. Verse number 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. He, he, was, he was just. He was devout. He waited for the consolation, which meant um, this was a term that was used uh, as a Jewish blessing, for the, uh, a formula for the blessing where they were, it was part of a blessing where he was waiting on the comfort to come to Israel. And God had sent the one who could provide comfort for the sins of Israel in his son, Jesus Christ. He was waiting, in this passage, what's amazing to me as well, as you look through this passage, verse 26, and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. What a promise. The Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he wasn't going to see death until he saw the Messiah. Wow. Simeon, the name Simeon means hearing. I believe Simeon, a just man, a devout man, a man who was hearing. Well, what was he hearing? He was hearing God. He trusted, he believed God. How do you know that? Well, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. He listened to God's word and he believed what God had told him. And he was there. He was in the temple. He was was serving. He was a part of what was there. Um, Through different uh, study and different commentaries talk about how Simeon spent much of his time pouring through the old, uh, the prophetic text. Um, Oh, one a commentator, he said, the Old Testament Jews revered the Old Testament scriptures. Nevertheless, the Old Testament was full of unattainable precepts, unfulfilled promises, and unexplained procedures. The Apostle Paul later described his own ability to keep the law, Romans chapter 7, own inability to keep the law, Romans chapter 7. And to what purpose were all the endless sacrifices and ceremonies of the Old Testament religion? And what about the multitude of prophecies that remained unfulfilled? Old Simeon understood that these seeming deficiencies could be resolved only in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, that is good stuff. If you read through the Old Testament and you say, 
Why are there all of the, the laws? Why are there all of the sacrifices? Why are there all of the prophecies? Why are they all the way through? If you take Jesus Christ out of it, it's empty and dead. But when you put the Lord Jesus Christ where he's supposed to be, it is the fulfillment of the whole Bible. That is amazing. That's wonderful. The Spirit of God made it clear to Simeon that he would see him that he would see Jesus, that he would see the Messiah whenever he came. He would not die until then. Could you imagine how eagerly he scanned the faces of people? I mean, think about it. He's told he wasn't going to see him. So he's in the temple scanning faces, looking at him. Uh, that's, uh, I don't know. That's not him. How would he know him when he saw him? The Spirit had to tell him. It's the only way he would know. And then the day came. Yes, he sees this poor young couple. We see a mom carrying a baby. We see a dad rustling with some birds. And God says, that's him. Oh, and he, kind of, he calmly went, well, I guess this is him. I don't think so. That's him. Whoa, that's him. We have a beautiful baby. Well, the beautiful baby took, got taken out of here earlier. I don't know. I I was looking over, Danielle had her, had her daughter or son, I don't really know, I've not met him, but their baby was over here, and I thought, man, that's going to be great. But what would happen if a complete stranger walked up to you at the grocery store and said, let me hold your baby! <laughs> yeah. But he walked over, he looked at her, and as he looked at her, he looked at the baby, his face lit up because the Spirit had told him where to go. Because he was led by the Spirit. He was led by the Spirit because he had immersed himself in the Word of God. By the way, if we're going to live Spirit-led lives, it's only because we have immersed ourselves in the Word of God. We're walking with Him. We're spending time listening to Him. We know Him intimately. So as he did it, notice his words. Oh, verse 29. Now, Lord, now let us thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thou salva thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Oh, this is good stuff. Death to him was no longer a devourer, but a deliverer. Man, that's good stuff. By one man, sin entered the world. And by this baby, salvation had arrived. It, it had come. Just wait till that baby becomes a man. Wait till he dies. Wait till he rises again. What he's going to do? The might and the power. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 6 says, I, the Lord, have called thee righteous. I will hold thy hand. I will keep thee, and I will give for thee a covenant of the people, a light for the Gentiles. Simeon said, here is a light for the Gentiles. They can be saved. You know why I like that particular part of it? Because I'm a Gentile. That's why I like it. I like it because salvation wasn't just for the Jews. It's for Jew too. Sorry. I know that was bad. It's, it's for all of us. It's available. I know that was bad. I'm sorry. I take it back. <laughs> Then he handed the baby back to Mary. Then he said, verse 34, he said, Behold, this child is set for the fallen rise of many in Israel, and for a sign shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. He tells Mary that this is the Messiah, and then he says that this isn't the kind of Messiah that the nation wants. This is a, a Messiah that's meek, 
not a Messiah that's coming in as a soldier that's mighty and destructive. This is a Messiah that came to die for sins. It says, Mary, this is going to pierce your heart. What I think is amazing about this is Mary has no idea what the next few years are going to hold in her life. Her and Joseph are about to go through some amazing things. She had no idea about the wise men's visit that was going to come take place. She had no idea that their family was going to have to move to Egypt in the middle of the night. She had no idea that they would have to move and they would move back and that they would be fearful for the life of their child. Yet she knew who her child was and had confidence because of the blessing Simeon played. Let me just, this is pretty amazing. Could you say that Simeon was blessed? Well, we could say safely, Simeon was blessed because he went to the house of the Lord that day. Simeon got a blessing because he was at the house of the Lord that day. He got encouragement and a challenge because he was at the house of the Lord that day. He was rejoicing over his trip to the house of the Lord that day. Now we're introduced to another character, another young lady named Anna, uh, young in spirit and heart. And Anna is, uh, Anna is amazing in this passage. Anna, in verse 36 through 37, uh, she was a young lady that got married. And uh, she got married as a young lady, and she was married with her husband for seven years. So seven years after being married, her husband passed away. So in their culture, she would have gotten married at a young lady. Let's just say she got married at 13. That would be a very young lady. In our standard to get married, in their standard, it would be about, about right. So she got married at 13. Seven years later, her husband passes away. That makes her, math whizzes, 20 years old. She lives for 84 years, four score and four years, as a servant in the temple. What does this mean? My husband has passed away. I am going to serve God in the temple faithfully as long as he will let me serve God faithfully. I am going to continue to follow, continue to serve God, continue to teach, continue to be an encouragement, and continue to be a help. For 84 years, she served in the temple. 84, that's a long time. That meant she was 104 years old when this passage is taking place. One of my favorite things to look at, and to, whenever I get to be here today, I was listening to the choir, even this evening. And looking up in the choir, there's multiple generations of Christians singing up in the choir. Where you have grandparents, young grandparents, mind you, grandparents, and their kids, and their kids' kids, singing and praising the Lord together. <clears throat> That's good stuff. I was talking a little bit to Miss Overturf beforehand. The blessing of Miss Overturf, serving as a Sunday school teacher, helping me in school, flicking me a whole lot. Man, feared the green pin. For those that know what I'm talking about, we're terrified. And I look around and I see people who have faithfully served God. I, I just realized something a couple days ago. Uh, my dad and brother Rick Bailey have the exact same haircut. Uh, I probably should have noticed that a long time ago because it's been the same for the last 40 years since I've ever met him. But, uh, but brother Bailey, to serve faithfully, to love the Lord. And, well, I'm not going to name names because I can forget and I will. But to serve faithfully here 
not to mention the men and women who have served God faithfully in other places that God has brought to be part of Riverside Baptist Church. For year after year, for a hundred years she served God. Do you think after a hundred years she could finally say, it's been a hundred years, or 80, sorry, 83 years, sorry, she served God, 84 years. Do you think after 83 years she woke up and said, <clears throat> another day to go to the temple? You know, it's time for me to let everybody else serve in place of me and to serve me. We need, I want to make sure I'm clear on this, Riverside Baptist Church, Northwoods Baptist Church, we need young people and young families to learn to follow and to serve the Lord and to follow the example that were set before them. There needs to be young people following and serving the Lord. I want to be clear on this. Not because God has done with the other generation yet, but because God wants you. Because that's where your service is going to be. Because that's where your blessings are going to be found. And she served God for 84 years. Now, she knew who Simeon was. And I imagine she's serving. I have no idea what she's doing in her serving capacity. But as she's serving, she knows Simeon has been scanning the crowd, looking for the Messiah for years. And all of a sudden, she sees Simeon smile big and creepily walk over to this stranger with a baby. He holds up the baby, and his countenance completely changes. And she sees a tear in his eye. And she says, he's found him. This is him. It's found. Look what happens. Oh, this is amazing. Verse 37. Um, verse 38. And she coming in that instant. So she gave instant. She saw what was going on. Gave thanks likewise unto the Lord. She saw the baby and she came up and said, It's him. Thank you. And she gave thanks to the Lord. What does it say she does next? She went and she told everybody who sought redemption in Israel. She posted herself in a place where she could tell everybody that the Messiah has come. This lady, after 84 years of faithful service to the Lord, God gives her a new job. Well, I'm too old to serve the Lord. God has a place for you. Well, I'm too young, and I just I think that the, the other people, they're going to take care of it. No, jump in and begin to serve the Lord right now, right now, today. Follow him to serve him. Well, I don't think that there's a place for me to serve the Lord. Have you seen the buses parked outside? Well, the buses, that requires me to get on those cold buses in the winter time. Where? That requires me to get up. Get up and have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Getting up for coffee is always a good thing. Yeah. What I think is amazing is they got up and they served the Lord. My point is this. Don't miss the blessing of being where God wants you to be. Anna's past where she has served the Lord for all of this time. Anna's future is she gave thanks unto the Lord and she now gave herself a job to have people and to tell anybody who would listen to the good news. Her new job was to tell other people about the redemption that's available, to be an encouragement to everyone that's there. That's good stuff. Like, why is that such a good stuff? Because you can do that no matter your age. Yeah. 
that's good. And it's even better if your hearing is gone, because then when you tell them, if they yell at you, you don't even know it. You can just keep telling them. Sorry, that was mean, but (laughs) she never lost her focus because God had given her something to do. This brings me kind of to my conclusion of this. What if Joseph would have been in so much of a hurry to get back to Nazareth, he would have skipped the house of the Lord? He would have missed out on the blessing that he needed in the middle of the trial that was going to be coming. And he wouldn't have been able to be a blessing to the others that were there. What if, as they're getting ready to go to the temple and turn in there, Mary says, Joe, it's been 41 days since I've had this baby, and if I walk in the temple and this baby cries, it's going to disturb all the temple goers. So maybe we should stay home until this baby gets a little bit older, and then we'll come into the temple. That way the baby won't cry. You know one of my favorite sounds to hear in a church? Is babies crying in church? Like, why is that one of your favorite things to hear? Because it means that parents love their kids enough to bring them into the house of the Lord and are beginning to teach them. My least favorite thing to hear is deacons crying in church, but that's a different point. So they come in. What if Mary would have said, I just had this baby 41 days ago, and I am tired, I'm exhausted, I don't feel all that well. Let's just skip it today and stay home and rest. She would have missed the blessing, and she wouldn't have been able to be a blessing. What if Simeon would have ignored the spirit? I don't want to look goofy walking over and looking at those people's baby. I don't want to be goofy looking to try to find the coming Messiah. No, he was more concerned about obeying the spirit. What if Anna would have stopped serving in the temple at 83 years. What would she have missed out on? My point is this, is Mary and Joseph had a challenging future ahead of them. Mary still had a damaged reputation. They would receive visits from the wise men. They would move to Egypt. They would go back to Nazareth. Joseph would die before Jesus would begin his ministry. Whether or not they realized it, their faithfulness to the house of the Lord provided the blessing and the encouragement that they would need to face the uncertain days. Christian, being in the house of the Lord, when the word of God is preached, provides the encouragement, the blessing, and the challenge to be at work on Monday and following to serve the Lord. It provides the strength for whenever you don't understand what's going on on Tuesday. It's the encouragement that you need to follow and to walk with the Lord. Don't miss the blessing. Whether they realized it or not, their faithfulness would provide the blessing and encouragement they would need. But while they were being blessed, they were able to be a blessing to someone else. Oh, this is pretty good stuff. Did you know that your being here tonight is a blessing and an encouragement to someone else? It is. It's a blessing to someone else. It's an encouragement to someone else. It's a help to somebody else. Your being here tonight, your faithfulness, is a blessing. But I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Don't miss the blessing yourself and the opportunity to be a blessing. Praise the Lord. Man, earlier before service, I looked over and I saw Trey. I thought, man, what a blessing to see that young man. 
It's good stuff. Trent, I'm sorry. Such a blessing, I messed his name up. Sorry. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I saw Trent. I'm sorry about that, Trent. My brain is not thinking about other things. You're blinded by Dan. But uh, the, I saw, saw Trent there. What a blessing. And even seeing people that are faithfully here in the household, what an encouragement. At the beginning of the sermon, everyone got a piece of candy, a Jolly Rancher. By show of hands, who ate their Jolly Rancher? Who has it in their pocket, purse, and will probably forget about it for a week or two until it gets all sticky? Yeah, there we go. Who denied taking one? Yeah, some people didn't want them, some people couldn't have them, and that's okay. My point was this. The people who did not get a Jolly Rancher are those who did not want one or those who stayed home and watched on Facebook tonight. The people who missed the blessing are those who didn't show up. So show up, but don't just show up and fill a seat. Show up and strive to be a blessing by serving someone else. Man, don't miss that blessing. The point is, the blessing that comes from being in the house of God, the blessing is given by being in the house of God. The blessing doesn't have to be missed. And the blessing and the encouragement and the help and the strength and the guidance, it's better than watching the Super Bowl. It's better than staying home. It's better than a plate of nachos. I'm just saying, it's better than a lot of things. Choose to be in the house of the Lord. Well, do you have a Bible verse that says that we need to be there? You bet you I do. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. It's a command not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Like, well, there we go. Not forsaking the assembly. Yep, I need to be in church. He gives the reason why. But exhorting one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. (laughs) The command is given not because it's supposed to tie you to be in church. The command is given because you're supposed to be exhorting someone else and God puts you here at Riverside Baptist Church to be an encouragement and an exhortation to someone else. So don't miss the blessing. And if you're like, well, I don't think I'm getting a blessing. Show up anyway and be a blessing. (sighs) Don't miss the blessing of being in the house of the Lord. Don't miss what God has for you. Because we need it. We need it. I'm thankful. (laughs) I'm thankful for this passage because it reminds us, or it reminded me, of the blessing that comes And the joy that comes whenever we're just faithful to be obedient and be where God has placed us and wants us to be. (laughs) Tonight, seeing the people that are here, and I don't want to go off and name names, it's a blessing. (laughs) It really is. It's an encouragement. It's a blessing to see Matthew. Matthew Stevens. Coming down the aisle. He's making his way down being an usher. Following to serve the Lord. Praise the Lord. He stands right across the aisle from Brother Kent Willer. Praise the Lord. The blessing of being here. And he's here even though it's his wife's birthday. She turned 29 today. But just the blessing. of Serving right alongside. Man. Let's not miss it better than anything else. 
Will you stand with me with your heads bowed and your eyes closed? Tonight, by way of encouragement, I just wanted to remind us that you have opportunity to be a blessing. You have opportunity to be an encouragement and a blessing and a help. If you think, well, I'm not helping or encouraging or benefiting anybody, you know, you're a benefit to your pastor. You're a blessing to him whenever you show up. Um, you're a blessing to him whenever we, you follow and serve. Uh, I'm thankful for what God has done. I'm thankful for the faithfulness of the people of Riverside Baptist Church. Tonight, I just challenge us to pray, God, make me a blessing and encouragement to someone.